Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> that is the name of the show. That is the name of the station. It is a Saturday morning. You bet it is. 19th day of August. Right here in 2023, Dan Cross's show for the final time, at least for the remainder of this football season, on a Saturday morning, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We were taking it right up until noon, then Anita's going to carry you the rest of the afternoon, but this is only part one of the Grasa Day-Night Double Dip on this Saturday right here on this fine radio station. We'll talk to you again a little bit later on, 6.30, our coverage Jets, Bucks, gets underway from MetLife Stadium. Buttle and myself, Marty and Bob have the call coming up at 7.30. First home game, only home game for the Jets in this preseason. You're not going to see the quarterback, of course. You know, they're still waiting for September the 11th, week one, the Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. But you'll see some starters out there tonight. So, beautiful night out there. At least it's supposed to be. So, everybody that's thinking about coming on out, come on out there to MetLife. Maybe we'll see some of you, of course. If you're mulling about the coaches club, but nevertheless, we'll get you through here next few hours on this Saturday morning at Dan Grasa. G-R-A-C-A is where you can get me on the old Twitter. Anthony Becht, who will be on the call for that game on the TV side with Ian Eagle on CBS. He will join us coming up a little bit later on in this program to break down what we can expect to see for Robert Sala's team tonight against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by former Jet coach. Todd Bowles. So we'll get into all the preseason stuff. Giants look very, very good last night, at least the guys that you're concerned about. The first teamers, of course, that was a very, very productive opening drive for Daniel Jones and company. We'll have some stuff to say about that as we move forward throughout the course of the program. But unfortunately, got to start here with the Yankees because this thing has been spiraling out of control, right? And if you've listened to this station, certainly all throughout the week, as I'm sure much of you have, And myself, all week, doing the DNR show, and the Yankees were the popular topic of conversation. How could they not be, right? Given the expectations, given the fact that, you know, they didn't really do much at the trade deadline because Brian Cashman told you, hey, we're in it to win it. We think we can win. We think we can be successful. You know, we're going to kind of stay the course, bring in an arm here, an arm there. Nothing more, nothing less. But it's not working out. It hasn't worked out. And it's not going to work out for the remainder of this season. And really, this is kind of those doomsday scenarios. From a business standpoint, if you're somebody in a position of hierarchy for this franchise. Because last night, you had the Red Sox coming in. And normally, when the schedule comes out, and you're looking down the road, you say, okay, August the 18th, weekend series. Late in the summer. Oh, that's got to be huge. Yankees, Red Sox. Arch rivals, you know, the Yanks are probably going to be at or near the top of the division someplace. Maybe Boston is going to be hanging around there, too. Maybe these are going to be important games for them. But at the very least, if you were trying to look into your crystal ball and you were guessing which one of these teams is going to have more riding on that series in late August in the Bronx, you would have said, if I can only pick one for sure, 
it's got to be the Yankees, right? Second richest payroll in all of baseball, the consistency year in and year out. It's got to be the Yankees. But that's not the case. And now you're talking about a team that's two games under 500. There's seven games out of a playoff spot, and you have 40 left to play. And oh, by the way, you've lost six in a row and just can't seem to snap out of this malaise. Look, I thought if you asked me a week ago which team is going to finish with more wins this year, the Yankees or the Mets, I, would have said, I wouldn't have to give it a second thought. I would say, of course, it's the Yankees. Of course. Mets, you know, they wave the white flag. You know, they got a lot of 4A players, if you will, that they feature in this lineup each and every day. Yankees are going to win more games. But I got to be honest with you, right now, with, like I said, about 40 games left in the season, I don't know if I'm so sure about that. You know, right now the Yankees have three more wins than the Mets, but the way that they have been playing, I mean, they literally look like dead team walking. And I don't know how you snap out of it. You know, you're going to be playing teams the remainder of the season that have a lot riding on these games. And it just seems like they're going through the motions. Not to say that they don't care, but they just look lifeless. You know, if you looked at that series in Atlanta earlier this week, and look, I understand that the Braves are the class of baseball right now. And the Yankees are not on equal footing with the Atlanta Braves. There may not be more than three or four teams that could be on equal footing with Atlanta. They're that good. But if you just looked into the dugout, you looked at those faces, you listened to the comments after some of these games, like, you know, that one where they got annihilated, and then Judge goes out there after the game and says, "Uh, you know what, we didn't show up, didn't show up. Well, Obviously, Aaron, I appreciate that you saw what we all saw. And then how do they follow it up the next day after he says that? Pretty much the same lifeless performance. It's the Yankees. It's the New York Yankees. Championship or bust. 27 times. Pride, pinstripes, passion, power, peanut butter, whatever P word you want to use. It ain't working this year. And how about that? Think about this for a second. Trade deadline was what? Almost three weeks ago. And the Mets decided to wave the white flag. Rightfully so. Right? That was the smart move. That's absolutely what they should have done. But on July the 31st, the Mets were six games out of a playoff spot. Only six. And they still had about, you know, somewhere around 60 games left. Which, I know mathematically you still have a shot, but if you watch this Mets team play baseball all season long, you knew that they weren't going to be a playoff team. So six games out, what about 60 to play? And they said, now we're good. Yankees right now are seven out. Think about that. Yankees are further from a playoff spot mathematically than what the Mets were when they decided to basically abandon ship. What are you watching for the rest of this season? Seriously. Like, what's the incentive? Unless you're a glutton for punishment, like, what is there to draw from watching Yankee baseball for the remaining 40 games? Now, today might be one of those days because you got Garrett Cole pitching. And as I said, you root as a Yankee fan maybe for Garrett Cole to win his first career Cy Young, which right now he's in the driver's seat. He is the guy to beat. So once out of every five days, you say, all right, Cole's on the mound. Let's see if they can at least go out there and maybe make him look good. And remember, it's not about wins or losses anymore for Garrett Cole. You could win Cy Youngs and maybe not stack up the wins, as we saw in Cole's last start, where they blew that disaster in Miami. Right? He could pitch really, really well, but either the bullpen collapses, the offense, whatever it is. He's the only thing you have to look forward to right now. And last night's game, you know, again, bad teams will do this to you on occasion. They're actually going to do a good for their fans. 
and they will actually go out there and do their fans a solid. And the Yankees did last night. Because if you had plans on Friday night, maybe, you know, your buddies, wife, girlfriend, whatever, you know, they wanted to go out and say, it's Friday night. We don't do anything anymore. Summer's almost over. All you do is watch baseball. Why don't we go do something, please? Why are you watching the Yankees? Well, you know what? Yankees were down 7 nothing after two winnings last night, and basically you could just shut off your TV right there. Goodbye. And you can make everybody around you happy. You can have a social life, maintain relationships, the whole nine yards, because Yankees don't give you any reason to watch for all nine innings and to commit three hours of your night anymore. They don't. And when you sit there and ask tough questions, right? Hal Steinbrenner, once upon a time, he was on the Michael K. show about two months ago. You know, we're coming up, I think, on like the two-month anniversary of that spot. One of the things he said, well, what's going to happen at the end of the season if this team misses the playoffs, essentially, right? He said, well, you know, if we're relatively healthy and blah, 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 you know, we're going to have to start to ask some really, really tough questions. Tough questions will have to be asked. And this is a guy who doesn't really like getting involved according to reports, right? He wants to shy away from conflict. He doesn't want to have to intervene with his baseball people. Let them do their job. But last night, another example, right? How do you have a $280 million payroll, which is the second richest in all of Major League Baseball, as we all know, and you're giving the ball in the opener of a series to the rival Boston Red Sox to some guy named Johnny Brito? Hmm? How do you have a $280 million payroll and you're getting ready to open up a late August series with the Boston Red Sox in your ballpark and three of the names in your lineup last night were Bowers, McKinney, and Rortvet? Is that money well spent? Look, I understand the Yankees have had some injuries just like every other team in Major League Baseball has. Cry me a river. It's not stopping some of them. You know? I guarantee you that sometime over the course of the next three hours when you and I are having our little discussion on this fine radio program, the Tampa Bay Rays will probably send somebody else to the operating table, you know, a pitcher for Tommy John surgery because it seems like it happens once a week for them now. Hasn't stopped them, hasn't slowed them down. They'll be in the playoffs this year. They're still trying to win an American League East Division championship. What's their excuse? Los Angeles Dodgers have lost how many starting pitchers this year? They lost their opening day shortstop before the regular season even began. What's their excuse, right? Dodgers have the second-best record in all the National League. It ain't hurting them. So when you add up all of those things in particular, that's where the guy who put the squad together gets blamed. Roster construction. And you know what? It's hard to defend. It's hard to defend because there's been missteps over the last few years that have led to this point, which is why when you have players that you're giving a lot of money to, and you still have them under contract for several more years, and they're underperforming, and they're aging before our eyes, maybe even more dramatically than anybody even anticipated, that's a problem. And that is when, as Hal Steinbrenner said, you start to have to ask those difficult questions. Look, it's only August 19th, I get it. But October 1st is going to be here before you know it. Yankee schedule is not going to increase in terms of the number of significant games, though, between now and October 1st, and that's the difference. The Bronx Bombers, six runs in the last four games. Ruth, Gehrig, Mantle, DiMaggio, McKinney, Bowers. 
Get your tickets now, ladies and gentlemen. 800-919-3776. We got to get into this Yankees discussion. What type of changes are we looking at here? How swift, how fast, how drastic should they be? We'll talk about it. Like I said, we'll do plenty of football as well. Get into what we saw from the Giants last night. Outlook for them for this upcoming season. The Jets making a big addition earlier this week, of course, in the form of Dalvin Cook. You're not going to see him tonight, of course, but, oh, he'll be there soon. Brees Hall's back on the practice field. We know there's some offensive line woes with the Jets right now, which we have to dive into. And I don't know how many of you watched the Mets last night. Mets have actually been playing pretty well the last few days. They actually outscore their opponent. They get credit for the win, the whole thing. Pete Alonso, in his own term, had a brain fart last night, which you don't see very often. There was actually one other example that kind of reminds me of that, which we'll talk about later in the program. As I said, Anthony Becht will be on later at 11 o'clock to talk a little football. He's on the call on the TV side tonight on CBS for the Jets and the Buccaneers. But we'll talk some Yanks when we return. Dan Grasso with you. It is our final Saturday program of this football season. And we get it rolling right after this on 98.7 ESPN. Pride, pinstripes, passion, power, peanut butter. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talking Yankees, another loss, another disappointing performance. And I was, you know, I was talking about this over the last couple of days. Now, game one, it kind of laid the foundation last night. What, what happens if this continues over the next couple of days? Like, what happens if Cole goes out there and pitches poorly today? Not that you think he will, but the place becomes overrun by Red Sox fans. And you hear the Let's Go Red Sox chants over the next couple of days where all the Yankee fans have just gone home already by the sixth, seventh inning of these games. And it's like Boston Red Sox nation takes over the Bronx. How do you think that's going to reflect in the eyes of Hal Steinbrenner when he's sitting here trying to get a gauge as to why things have kind of plummeted to where they are right now? What things need to be different to be able to change this? Do I have the right people in charge, more importantly, to try to get this thing headed back in the right direction. And, and this is, I think, the critical one. When you take a step back and you evaluate everything that's gone on this season with the club, do you look at it and say it's just a fluky, one-off type of a season? 
and everything will be back to normal next year. You had bad luck this year. You had injuries. You had guys that are underperforming. But I guarantee you, 2024 rolls around. You look at the back of the baseball card, and those players are going to revert back to the better years of production that they had in their careers. I would not veer in that territory. I think you need to start looking at some serious change. I think you need to really address and evaluate if the way you've been doing things is really and truly working. Because that's a legit concern right now. And the problem that you have with the core of this team, as you and I are talking, who are you moving? Who's not going to be here right now? You know, you've got six guys already on the books next year for about $160 million and change. And not to say that you're not going to add to the payroll and you're not going to go make some big signings or, or, or whatnot to improve the roster. I would hope that they would. But the guys right now that you point the finger at that are largely responsible for this team underperforming in 2023, they're immovable, right? Where are they going? Where's John Carlos Stanton going? Where's Carlos Rodon going? Anthony Rizzo, DJ LeMahieu. You're not moving these guys. And now you're going to tack on another year to their careers where at times they already look like old declining players. Now you fast forward another 12 months. What's going to happen? All of a sudden they're going to find the fountain of youth. They're going to go clubbing in the offseason with Ponce de Leon and they're all of a sudden they're going to look like they're 25 again and start swinging the bats and producing like we once know that they could. Good luck with that one. Here's the manager after last night's game. How difficult are things right now? It's about us, and, and you know, it's a difficult time for us. It's been a tough season, but, again, we're, this, is, this is also part of it. It's, you know, it's, it's easy when it's, going, when it's going good and you're rolling out there, and, you know, that's, you know this, this sport will reveal, reveal, make, make you reveal your character. So, you know, it's, it's for us right now, it's about continuing to show up Again, with an edge, ready to put in the work and trusting that today is the day that, you know, we start to get this thing rolling again. And, and also keeping that focus on, you know, it's really hard when you're going through this, but making sure that you remember why you play this game. And it's probably because you played it pretty well and you had a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, on the biggest stage, you can lose sight of that when, when you're going through it like this. And we need to make sure that's happening, too. How about the record? Two games under 500. I mean, there's a legitimate shot here that this is going to be the first time in 30 years that the Yanks are going to finish with a losing season. Is it shocking to be two games under 500, Skip? It's frustrating and disappointing. But again, like, you know, and, and we you know, get these questions all the time. You got to keep moving forward and you got to do all you can to not succumb to that and do your best to come in and fix it every day. It doesn't matter what happened tonight and yesterday. We got to we got to keep going and. The, the, the season will swallow you up if you, if you let, let it consume you. So it's not about reflecting right now. It's about getting guys ready to play and ready to play at a high level. And the other thing that's probably got to grind the gears of everybody in charge of the New York Yankees, why can't they beat the Red Sox anymore, right? What happened to that? They're 1-6 against Boston this season, and it doesn't look like that's going to turn around anytime soon. What a nightmarish couple of months it has been for this baseball team. Never saw this coming. All right, let's see what you guys think. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We will start it off this morning with our good pal, 
Marvin in the Bronx, who was first up on 9870 ESPN. Marvin, good morning, my friend. How the heck are you? Good morning, D. Look, I can't refute anything you said. But keep in mind, I've been a Yankee fan since 1964. Long time. I've been on both sides of the mountain. I've seen a, I still have nightmares about 1966. I know the young people and my grandkids. 1966, Grandpa, stop it. All right? And my wife tells me, you know, I spent 11 months in combat in Iraq. She says, uh, you might have a residue of, of PTSD and give up on the season, my man. <laughs> but I, because my love for the Yankees, um, I can't just throw the towel in. But I will say this. I look at this product, and I'm amazed at what I'm looking at. And I'm tired of watching John Carl, uh, um, John Carl Stanton continuously strike out at the same pitch. And sometimes, even though I love Glaber, looks like his head is not into the game. And I don't know what to say. It's just something I've experienced the good, the bad, and the ugly with the Yankees. And I'll tell anybody I believe Penn Strass. But this season is perplexing because I figured after the judge went down, there would be somebody that would step up and say, okay, I'll, um, I'll carry this load. But it hasn't happened. And I'm not going to call out anybody. I have called out two people. But I'm going to say this is one season that's hard to deal with. And I know the people that came, became fans after 94 really having trouble dealing with it. But I can sit back and say, you know, I remember 2008, they were bad. And the next year they won the, uh, they won the World Series. But not this so I'm not, predict, I'm not predicting anything like that. But uh, there has to be changes. Marvin, there's going to be changes, my friend. And I thank you for the phone call. The question is, to what extent? Right? Now. I think if you read the tea leaves and the way things have kind of fallen apart, it's pretty obvious that the manager, if somebody is going to go, the manager is probably a little bit more on shaky ground than Cashman is. Now, do I blame Aaron Boone for what's happened this year with the Yankees? No, not at all. No way, no how. I don't think you can. Because the manager can't sit there and wave a magic wand and make these guys play better, right? Manager can't just go out there, snap his fingers, sit in the dugout, sip on a nice cup of joe, and watch Giancarlo Stanton revert back to the MVP who hit 59 home runs once upon a time as a member of the Marlins and was one of the most feared sluggers in all of Major League Baseball. That can't happen. You know, he can't revert D.J. LeMahieu back into a two-time batting champion in Major League Baseball. doesn't happen. You know, Luis Severino, who looks like he's been in the baseball version of Space Jam and suddenly lost his powers and forgot how to pitch. And how about this? Severino's going to get the ball again for a couple of reasons. A, because the Yankees just have nobody else that they can realistically throw out there because they've tried all these other options when it comes to openers, closers, in-betweeners, whatever the hell you want to call them. But they're trying to put a positive spin on it and blindfold everybody and take us for fools. And the manager's going to go out there and say, no, you know what, Severino's going to get the ball again because when we saw him last time out against the Braves, right, he only... Gave up five runs. I know a couple of them were unearned, but still. Gave up a bomb in the first inning, which basically put the game to rest. And his first inning ERA is now like, what, 15 or something like that? But he said that's the best version of Seve that we've seen in quite some time. Okay, well, guess what? It's almost damn near impossible to be any worse than those previous versions of Luis Severino. I would hope that it's the best version. What's about he didn't give up nine runs? So, so it's a step in the right direction? Again, it goes back to what I said in the opening segment, boys and girls. You got a $280 million payroll. 
Why aren't there more options for you? Late August, and you got to give the ball to guys like Johnny Brito. You got to give the ball to guys who are openers. Where's your depth in the minor leagues? Where are guys in your system that you've been developing, these prized prospects? You know, what happened to the likes of Davey Garcia? Oops, I went there. That's why we have to give the ball to Luis Severino. So, yeah, is this the manager's fault? No way is he the one shouldering the largest bear to blame. But do I think that somebody's going to be the fall guy for a season like this? Yeah, I kind of do. Do I think it's fair? No, I do not. And as I've said, and I will keep saying it, you want to get rid of one, you get rid of both. The manager, the general manager, are a package deal. They are joined at the hip. They are bosom buddies, as far as I'm concerned. 800-919-3776. More of your calls. We'll get into the Giants from last night as well. Dan Gross' show on this Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. We don't do anything anymore. Summer's almost over. All you do is watch baseball. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Our coverage tonight gets underway at 6.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Greg Buttle, myself, live from the Coaches Club. Our first chance to check out MetLife this season. Looking forward to seeing everybody out there. All the fans, all our uh, friends that work at the stadium that take such great care of us. So that will be later this evening. And then Bob and Marty, of course, have the call at 7.30. And then Greg and I come back on doing a one-hour postgame when all is said and done. But we're talking Yankees right now. What changes need to be made? How drastic do they need to be if things don't turn around? Which right now, if you're a betting man, you probably think that there's no shot that that's going to happen this season for this club. Let us say hi to Corey and Edison, who is up next here on 987 ESPN. Corey, how the heck you doing? Hey Dan, thanks for taking the call. Um so you know you can't you can't understate how big this offseason is going to be for the Yankees. But to me, you know, and people are saying, oh, you know, they just need to spend a lot of money. To me it's about where the money is spent and how it's spent. And I think we need to do what the what the Steve Cohen and the Mets did, right? And that's eat contracts. So it'll show me the Yankees are taking this seriously. If they find a, a trade partner for D.J. LeMahieu, throw some money in there to get the deal done. If they, you know, find a way to ship Stanton off to L.A. Dodgers and he has the contract, that shows me that they're taking this seriously and moving in a better direction. Let me know what you yeah, think. But, Thanks. Yeah, but, Corey, what gives you faith as a fan 
that that's the direction Hal Steinbrenner is going to go? Can you really see them eating all these bad contracts that are still there? No, no, I, I, I can't. And that's, you know, based on the way that they've been operating, uh, you know, the last five to ten years, absolutely not. But that's the only thing to, to make me to think that 2024 is going to move in a better direction is at least play young players in those positions and see what they got. But going with these vets, that's these high-priced vets that are clearly not going to do anything and just, you know, these Rizzos and these Lemayhews, it's not going to work. I, I, look, I agree with you. And that's why the Yankees, Corey, and I thank you for the phone call, that's why the Yankees have kind of backed themselves into a corner. Let's be honest. You know, you look at some of these underperforming aging players. Giancarlo Stanton, 33 years of age. He's got, what, at least four more years left on that contract. Who's taking that off of the Yankees' hands? Who's going to help the Yankees out there? DJ LeMahieu, 34 years of age, has three more years left on that contract. You think somebody's going to take that off of the Yankees' hands? I don't. Carlos Rodon, I mean, not that they're going to try to unload him because, you know what, we're just in the beginning of this partnership. He's got, what, five more years? It was a six-year deal. The guy's got to go out there and actually perform and pitch like the guy that they gave him, what, $162 million to. You know, Anthony Rizzo, he's still got one more year on the contract plus an option. They're just going to hope that next year he's going to be on the concussion woes because he was actually having a pretty good season before he got injured. Right? Those are the things that you kind of have to hope upon hope. But are you optimistic that that's going to happen? I would say no. But to Corey's point, yeah, Steve Cohen flexed his financial muscle at the trade deadline and was able to unload some of those aging players that the Mets had under contract with still a couple of more years still to go, but because he paid off some of those deals. And that's why the Mets were able to replenish the farm system to a certain degree because the Mets agreed to take on a good portion of that money. Yankees aren't going to do that. That's not how they operate. Okay, and you say, why? How do they get themselves in this position? Well, then you revert back to the guy who put the squad together and gave out those contracts. You know, they cut bait with somebody like Aaron Hicks, for example. Okay, but then why was Aaron Hicks signed to a seven-year deal or whatever it was once upon a time? Did the Yankees get their bang for their buck with that one? No. Team has not been made up very effectively. There are holes up and down this roster, and when you go all in with these aging players, you're leaving yourself susceptible to having a season like this where everything falls apart, everything breaks down, and I got news for you. Unless these players go into aisle six of their local pharmacy or they call a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who operates, you know, at, at the side entrance of an alley with some stuff, how are the performances going to suddenly turn around, if you know what I'm saying? You don't bet on age. Not in sports anymore. Everybody wants to get younger, faster, yesterday. And you think teams right now are looking, oh, my God, how can we sign guys who are 33, 34 years age on the free agent market this offseason? Oh, we got to go out there and we got to make some trades to get some players who are in their mid-30s. Look, mid-30s, you're in the prime of your life still. But for a baseball player, for a professional athlete, you might as well be a senior citizen. You might as well be flashing your AARP card. But those guys are eating up a good lion's share of the Yankee payroll next year. And I'm not convinced that this ownership is going to do anything different to suddenly make those contracts go away. I don't care that they have the second highest payroll in the sport. Hal Steinbrenner and the Yankees don't operate like Steve Cohen has over the last couple of years. 
Remember, before this trade deadline and everything that came and went, Steve Cohen also basically told Robinson Cano to go take a hike and paid off and ate the remainder of what was still on his horrible contract. Mike in New Jersey, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Michael, how are you? Hey, fine. Thank you, man. Thank you for taking my call. Um, man, there's a lot of problem with this team. Uh, uh, like I was telling um, um, this guy that answered the phone, I'm sorry. Um, the Yankees, the Yankees' main problem is the philosophy they're running the team with. You understand? Um, I mean, they got p- people in places where they're not doing their job to their capability based on the philosophy that they're doing. And I know everybody bought into it, right, because in order to get signed that contract, let's say for Aaron Boone, um, he had to fall into place, obviously. But, you know, with someone like his, uh, with his background, you know, come from a family of baseball players, um, played baseball himself, uh, been at the highest stage of, of, of games and, and, and played with the Yankees, I mean, you would expect him to manage to his capability and not just rely on numbers. Because that's the thing. Um, a lot of that is going on in the, in the MLB. Okay, you have analytics, right? It's here to stay. But why, is it has, why does it have to be the end all, be all of, of how you run a team? You understand? It doesn't have to be, no. Into the, into the games. Well, what do the Yankees, what do the Yankees always say, Mike, right? And I thank you for the phone call. At least by Brian Cashman's own admission, he's going to be the guy that comes out there and says, well, we like to strike a balance, right, to have that happy medium where you mix in a little bit of analytical data, but then the other part of it is good old-fashioned scouting, right, relying on what your eyes tell you, what your gut tells you. But I think the evidence suggests that the Yankees have been way, way, way too heavily relying upon the numbers and the data. You know, we were talking about if you caught one of the shows, I can't remember if it was yesterday or it was the day before. Maybe it was Thursday morning when uh, we were doing DNR in the morning. I think it was Pat O'Keefe and myself. Brought up the comments made by Ben Ruda, who was a, farm, a former Yankee farmhand. And he went on one of these baseball podcasts or whatever and talking about the state of the Yankees and how they're so heavily reliant on analytics. And he said essentially that there's no real baseball being taught in the minor leagues. Nothing about base running, nothing about moving runners along, nothing with the fundamentals. It's just all about data, data, data. Exit velo, how hard are you hitting the ball? It's not even so much about the results. They don't even care if the ball finds real estate. It's more about hitting the ball hard because they're going to roll the dice, and this is what the analytics suggest. The analytics will tell you that if you keep hitting the ball hard, if you keep using the you know, uh, you know, launch angle and all that stuff in your swing that more often than not, the ball is going to leave the ballpark. More often than not, it's going to lead to run production because that's what the science tells you. You think Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle and all them relied on data and analytics, the Jeter Yankees? You think Joe Torre was sitting there in the dugout in the mid to late 90s? sitting there with a calculator and spreadsheets and and pouring over all these numbers whenever he made moves? No. It's called managing with instinct. Going out there and actually playing sports, using your God-given athletic ability. Not what some nerds in a lab coat and glasses are telling you up in a science laboratory. That's where I think that maybe they've lost their way. 
And I understand that there are organizations in Major League Baseball. I brought up the Dodgers a little while ago. Dodgers, you're not going to find a team that's more heavily reliant on analytics. They are right up there as much as anybody. And you know what? They win. The Tampa Bay Rays, you know, that is their whole MO with the analytics. But it doesn't mean that you can find ways to still be successful and not have to be so reliant. If you want to have that perfect blend where it encapsulates both, well, that's great. But you have to actually go out there and put that motion in place. The Yankees might be veering away from it here during the season as it's progressed, but it's already too late for 2023. If you want to employ a different strategy a little bit and you really want to be less analytically inclined, well, then you're not going to sit there and start to craft a roster until what? The offseason going into 2024 and beyond. But then that also opens the possibility of is ownership confident that they have the right people in charge to be able to even enact that plan moving forward. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Going to miss you guys on Saturdays. We're not going to do this again for a while until the end of the football season. Which hopefully goes a lot longer for both New York teams. A lot of expectations. We'll get into the Giants coming up at the top of the hour. They had their preseason debut in front of their home fans last night. Very successful outing by the first team. We'll get into that. But we're talking Yanks, the malaise that is infesting the Bronx right now. And we'll say hi to Bobby in Long Island, who is up next here on 98.7. Bobby, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan. Uh, before I get to call and judge, um, mm-hmm. you said Boone and Cashman, I, t- I attach it to him. That's mm-hmm. not the problem. The problem is that a lot of times your own manager and the absentee owner are trying to get the hit. That's number one. Number two, you've mentioned McClanahan, your best pitch for Tampa is out. They also lost their best hitter, Franco, and they still want to be out of four against the Giants. The Rays Astros, have had three starting they, pitchers this year, including McClanahan. You had Fleming and you had um, – why, uh, why am I drawing a blank on the third guy? Also have Tommy Johnson. And nobody last coddles last, their pitchers. Last, no, I think. Yeah, well, no, Glasnow's coming back from it. He was last year. There was another guy this year. I'll I'll remember it. Um, Okay. But think about it. Three guys with Tommy John surgery out of that rotation, yet they haven't skipped a beat. Yes, and the Astros, they started this year without three of their starting pitchers last year. Them too. So now let me get get to Cole. I don't Mm – this is typical. I don't understand why wasn't he pitching yesterday. He pitched Sunday. You don't have a regular five-man rotation. Even if you do have a regular five-man rotation, just to give you day off, you've got to give him an extra day. It's a must game, even if you have a regular rotation. So I don't know what the lifetime general manager was doing there. Uh, maybe they were afraid they were going to lose to Bellow, their best pitcher. They, wanted, they didn't want to pitch him against him. I don't know why. They went, oh, the hell, he wouldn't pitch yesterday. And then, and think about Judge. It was just an ad post. They were comparing him to Michael Jordan. That's comical. I mean, this guy hit 211 in the postseason, okay? You forget one ring. How about hitting better than that before you put him on the air compare him to Michael Jordan? I just I just find that so comical. Well, I, I think what happens, Bobby, and, and I thank you for the phone call. Um, by the way, Drew Rasmussen was that other pitcher for Tampa Bay. Um, Judge just signed an endorsement deal with Jordan Brand. So I don't know if anybody was comparing him to Michael Jordan. I mean, nobody's going to sit there and say that Aaron Judge has matched you know, what Michael Jordan's accomplished athletically. Of course not. Virtually nobody has. But no, just, you know, Judge is now part of the Jordan brand team, just like Jeter was. You know, it's all endorsements, marketing, the whole nine yards. You know, and I'm sure that this deal was worked out and everything was crafted before he suffered that toe injury out there in L.A. 
where he was coming off of a record-setting season with the home runs and the MVP. And, hell, before he got hurt, he looked like he was going to be making a strong run at maybe winning back-to-back MVPs. And they think that, you know, it's smart money to still bet on Aaron Judge that next year, if that toe is A-OK, that he's going to go out there, produce, and have another big season. I mean, that's why the Yankees gave him $362 million. I mean, I know we're a long time removed from it, but can you imagine, given how bad things have gone for the team this year, what happens if Judge signed with San Francisco when he wasn't here? Oh, can you imagine this team? It'd be easier said that, oh, yeah, they'd be a last-place team, but they're already a last-place team. Like, they'd just be a worse version of a last-place team. Dan in Stanford is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Danny, how we doing? Dan, how's it going, man? Thank you for taking the call. I love listening to you. What's so, up, Dan? Um, you know, when I look at, like, analytics and everything, you know, I, I mean, obviously, like you were talking about before, the Astros use it, the Dodgers use it. All the best teams in baseball use analytics. So, I mean, obviously, they're, they're here for a good reason, and they work. A lot of good teams use it, and we've been pretty good. You know, but, like, after I was listening to that minor leaguer talk, I listened to his interview and just reading some of, like, the tea leaves that come off in articles, it sounds like the Yankees have taken, like, this very, like, hard-nosed, very pompous, like, this is the way to do it. And it's like they've taken, like, like I feel like the way they're delivering the message, like, they've lost, like, their, their touch with, like, coaching. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, you know, when, uh, you know, I heard Eric Kratz on his podcast when the, the minor leaguer went on, and he was like, you know, they just got rid of all their coaches. And I think they just got guys in who are just saying, this is what you do, and that's it. And they took, like, the life out of the game. And, like, even if your your info is right, and even if your stats are right and you're preaching the right message, if you're not if you're not coaching and being a leader and getting guys to buy in, it goes nowhere. And it, it just kind of feels like they've lost that baseball touch, you know? A little too robotic, Dan, is, is how I like to look at it. And the word that I keep bringing up is it's stale. It's gotten stale for the Yankees. You know, it's just like it's, yeah. it's not even just on the big league level. And I thank you for the phone call as always. You know, even if you steep down into the minor leagues, as you said, it just seems like it's same old, same old, right? I mean, when are these guys, where are these guys that are coming up through the ranks in terms of big-time prospects that get you excited? Okay, Volpe was that guy. And he's, you know, he's been getting better and he's had his moments and that type of thing, but way too reluctant on keeping your big guys in tow, making them untouchable to try to go out there and improve the club. Like, for example, you know, the Volpe situation, Peraza. They wanted to hold on to dear life for them so they didn't go out there and get Castillo last year at the deadline. That came back to bite them. Instead, Cashman went out there and traded for Frankie Montas, Lou Trevino. Those guys haven't thrown a pitch. Haven't thrown a pitch this season. How's that one worked out? Right? So you have a team that is made to win right now. You know, when you have a $280 million payroll, it's not about, oh, you know what? We got our eyes on 2028. That's when we think we're really going to be firing on all cylinders. No, you've got a team that is made to win right now. This group is ready to win. You're a postseason team. So you might as well go out there and incorporate more veterans, guys that are going to help you reach where you want to go instead of hanging on to guys that might not be able to make that contribution for another three, four years. And at that point, the other veteran players that you already have on your squad, where are they going to be at that stage of their careers? You know, Bobby, by the way, the previous caller brought up, you know, Garrett Cole, for example. Why wasn't Cole pitching last night? What's the difference, though? Right? What's the difference? If he pitches Friday night, if he pitches today, they still have to go out there and win a game. I mean, Cole can only pitch one of the three games this series. But I think also what goes into the decision is, look, Cole, Cole's not young, Right? 
And he pretty much has answered the call every five days for the Yankees this year. So now you're in late August. Boone probably wants to give him as much of a spell as possible. So if he can get him five days off, because remember, they had the off day incorporated there on Thursday. If you could get him five days off and rest that arm a little bit, you hope to get the best version of him when he goes out there to the mound this afternoon. I mean, and again, these cold starts, the rest of the season for the Yankees, I mean, this is essentially all you have to look forward to. That's it. See if Garrett Cole could win his first Cy Young Award. Maybe you get a shot to win once every five days. That is what things have become for the New York Yankees right now. Garrett Cole and pray for rain for the other four days. Never thought we'd see it, at least not this year.